All right, ladies and all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. This is Harry, Marvin, and Allen. We are signed in with the Marston Brothers podcast. Today is December third, and we are excited today because we are going to be talking about current events. We'll be talking about life, and then we'll also be doing a little bit of an interview about myself. So, wait, wait, off, wait, 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 wait. Did you just say that you're going to be doing an interview about yourself? I think that's our job, you know, Alan and my job to introduce you. What's going on here? Come oh, on, I can, man. I can do it myself. See, hey, how are you doing today, sir? I'm no, doing no, no, fine. No. How about uh, yourself? Uh, I'm doing listen, pretty good. Listen, so this is how it's going to be. What's going on, everybody? This is Marvin. I'm here with Alan, and we're going to be introducing our first guest to the Marcel Brothers podcast. So this is going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And once... And for all, let's give the mic to my brother, Mr. Harry Patrick Marcelin. Let's do this. All right. So before we do the actual interview, one of the things that we were thinking about with regards to the way that we're going to set up the podcast is every episode, we're going to talk about current events. So we're going to discuss what are some of the highlights that had gone on during that week. And then we're also going to do a little bit of a synopsis on each of our lives. So why don't we start off with you, Marvin? Why don't you name one of the current events that you want the audience to remember when it comes to looking back at this podcast on December 3rd? Well, something I want to talk about is Alaska. You know, have you ever heard of Alaska having an earthquake before? You know, this is something I didn't know it existed, but I took a look at a couple of the pictures and it seemed, uh, you know, pretty intense. So, you know, thoughts and prayers to everybody out there. Hopefully everybody uh, is able to stay safe and hopefully, you know, they can get back to their lives as soon as possible. Thoughts right. and prayers out to them. All right, Christopher, let's give us a current event. And I'm looking through the current events, and it appears that recently George H.W. Bush has passed oh. away and has his legacy that he left behind. So it's definitely always an, a weird, interesting time whenever a president passes away. It's definitely a chance for both sides of the parties to come together and kind of remember um, a legacy and see how America's kind of shaped and how it's moved on to the future. Yeah, man. All right. So the current event story that I'm going to read from is from Bloomberg News. The title of the story is Trump's advisors struggle to explain deal. He says he cut with the Chinese president. So a little bit of a background here. I guess there was a big summit that was going on and we're trying to figure out what America and China are going to do with regards to reducing tariffs. So the deal went on and I can tell you from a financial piece, it looks like the stock market has reacted positively because the S and P 500 and the NASDAQ and the New York stock exchange, they all went up. So that's a little bit about what is going on in today's news. So why don't you talk about what went on during this past weekend? So Marvin, anything interesting that you were able to do? I know we talked a little bit on Saturday or Sunday about what you were able to do. Tell the audience a little bit about what's going on. Yeah, man. So I'm glad to say that I've closed on my first investment property. And, um, you know, let's get this thing started. Hopefully we can uh, get some more going. And, you know, one day I'd like to talk about the journey with that and, Let's see if we can get other people on board as well. So I'm excited about that, and we'll see what happens. Oh, what's going on, Christopher? What's going on for your, week your weekend? Oh, uh, for this weekend, I had some family coming to town celebrating birthdays. In-laws came in, so that was fun. Showed them around South Florida. 
um, Evan work. Cool, 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 cool. Evan, one last disclaimer. So my brother's name is Alan, but we call him Christopher. That's his middle name. We just like to roll with that. So America, if you guys get confused, it's the same person. Alan, Christopher, both same person. Very cool. Well, is somebody going to ask me how my week was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're working on that. Chris, take it away. All right, Junior, how'd your weekend go? So this weekend, we did a lot of preparations. We ended up, we got a patio set. So we finished setting up the patio set. So you guys are going to have to come over and check it out. We've got a couple of swivel chairs. We've got a couple of rockers. And then we've got a nice two-seater with a glass table. So that's going to be a nice relaxing spot in the patio area. And then we ended up repainting one of the rooms downstairs in the master bedroom. So we're getting ready to see Leah's grandma. She's coming into town. Affectionately, we call her Mama G, so she'll be coming into town. So a lot of preparation for the house to make sure that everything is ready for her to come in. All right, all right, all right. Cool, cool, cool. So what do you say? Let's go ahead and get started with uh, the interview. So Harry Patrick Marslin. AKA Junior. The man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and uh, I want to know what is it that you do for a living and, you know, what brought you to doing that? All right. So like we talked about during the first episode, so by trade, I'm a pharmacist. I work at one of the community hospitals around where I work or around where I live. And for me, I think the journey for me becoming a pharmacist somehow from when I was in 11th grade, I told myself I wanted to be a pharmacist. And it's interesting because the reasons why I told myself I wanted to be a pharmacist, if you actually look and dissect those, they don't really make sense. But number one, I told myself that I didn't want to go to school for my whole life. But if you think about the amount of years of school it took for me to do pre-pharmacy, pharmacy school, then residency, it ended up being eight years. So that was something that you know, my 11th grade self probably didn't know what it took as regards to education. And for some people, some people actually end up getting an undergrad degree before they go into pharmacy school. So that's already one thing that was false. Number two, I told myself that I didn't want to work weekends. Now, in healthcare, as we know, you have to work weekends in healthcare. You've got to take care of people. But again, as an 11th grader, I thought for some reason that I wouldn't have to work weekends as a pharmacist. Huh. The last thing that I wanted to look <laughs> at was I didn't want to make sure that I was able to provide for my family. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, no matter what profession you're in, you know, as long as you're able to manage yourself correctly, you, you will be able to provide. So those are the three reasons that I gave myself for wanting to be a pharmacist. But those three reasons you can probably use for any profession that you're in. So I knew that I wanted to go to pharmacy school. So I figured when I'm looking for different places to apply to, let me try to find a place that had pre-pharmacy and pharmacy school altogether. So I was looking for programs that had top pharmacy programs. And you know, around 11th, 12th grade, my two older cousins, Patrick and Philip, they were pretty instrumental in helping me figure out where I was going to go to pharmacy school. So one of the best pieces of advice that Philip actually told me was, you know, for school, use it as an opportunity to go outside of Florida. If you like it, you found a new place that you'll be able to settle down and spend some time. Or if you don't, it's just education. You can always go back home. So 
he told me that the whole world is not like South Florida and it's good for you to be able to travel to different places of the country, see how different people act, see how different people react. What is the culture like? And that in itself is part of the college experience. So that was one of the big things that I was looking at when I was going to school is perhaps let me look out of state. So Patrick, Patrick is the oldest cousin out of all of us. He actually lives out of state in North Carolina. So you know, when we were talking about what I wanted to do, he realized I wanted to do pharmacy. He said, oh, yeah, you should check out, you know, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. In Chapel Hill, there's the Research Triangle Park. It's pretty pharmacy friendly. So, you know, whenever I drive around there, you know, it's pretty cool. So go ahead and check it out. So, again, blindly, I didn't know much about the school. I look it up. Hey, it's a pretty good pharmacy school program. So let me go apply as an out-of-stater, see what happens. And if I'm able to get in, maybe that's a good opportunity for me to be able to stick around. So do my two years pre-pharmacy, get accepted to UNC Chapel Hill. So two years pre-pharmacy, four years pharmacy school. And that journey was pretty terrific because everything that both of my cousins said were true. You know, being able to step outside of South Florida and live in a place like North Carolina for six years was pretty interesting because of the fact that it is a different culture. It's interesting when people look at UNI and they say good morning and they say hello and nothing's really wrong. And that's that whole Southern hospitality thing that I got to experience when I was in North Carolina. So that was one of the things that was really cool. The school is an excellent school. I can't brag about it enough. The academics, the sports is awesome. So for me, it was just an opportunity just to get out of South Florida and just to be able to live a little bit. So did the two years pre-pharmacy, applied to pharmacy schools, was lucky by the grace of God that I was able to get accepted. So in my third year of actual school is when I started pharmacy school. So I did four years of pharmacy school. So I finished up with a PharmD with six, six years of training, which was cool. So is that, a, is that a normal thing? That sounds like something special. Do they still offer that today? The way that pharmacy is set up, it's one of the few doctorate programs where it's not required for you to have an undergraduate degree before you get into the pharmacy school itself. Now, the majority of people, they end up having a degree and then after that, they go into pharmacy school. But there is a track that you can go on where you're able to hit the main prerequisites. So it's about eight science courses you've got to go through, you know, probably some more stuff that you have to go through. You have to go through your chemistries. You got to go through your organic chemistry. And then after that, then you've got your physics. And then you've got biochem, you know, all, all the fun stuff that you have to go through before you got into that. Now, then, now, is this something that you would advise other people to try to pursue? Or is this, uh, this track worked for you, but maybe that's not for everybody else? You know, for me, I was pretty motivated that I didn't want to go to school and pay for two years when I didn't need it or it wasn't going to do anything different for me. So if I'm able to get into pharmacy school after two years versus four, why pay the extra two years? I'm out of state. So that saves me two years of out of state tuition. Now, the caveat to that is, you know, at the time, you know, you're in your third year and something doesn't work out right. You don't have anything to show for it. So it's one of those catch 22s, but at least at UNC Chapel Hill, you know, during your fifth year of total school, which would be year three of pharmacy school, they do give you a bachelor degree in pharmaceutical sciences. So that was something that was nice because I was able to get a degree just in case anything didn't happen or anything happened. I would still have a bachelor's degree, even though I didn't finish pharmacy school. So that was pretty interesting. 
So do that. After that, then I figure out what am I going to do next with my life. So trying to figure out what route I wanted to go to. And for me, pharmacy administration was always something that was interesting to me because it was an opportunity for me to be able to bring different groups together to be able to make something work. I remember in pharmacy school, one of the activities that I enjoyed the most was the extracurricular activities. So student body, uh, the different organizations, and I was involved in the pharmaceutical fraternity Kappa Psi. I was involved with doing a lot of giving back in the community. So that is what I enjoyed the most when it came to going to school. So I tried to find a way for me to be able to have that same type of environment, but have that as a career. So whenever you're working in management, it's an opportunity for you to be able to work with physicians, to work with nurses, to work with respiratory therapists, and all of that would be done in a hospital setting. And the goal of that is to be able to make sure that you're able to take care of that patient. So those were some of the caveats that I thought about when I was trying to figure out what route that I wanted to go to. So in order to do that, I had to do a two-year pharmacy residency. So I did a two-year pharmacy residency after I finished. I did my pharmacy residency at the University of Kansas. You know, through that residency, I got my master's degree in pharmacy practice. And while I was going to the <clears throat> school, I also had to do actual clerkships and clinical rotations. So I did two years of rotations throughout the hospital. So finished up with that. Then got my PharmD, got my master's degree, and then after that, then I moved to South, I moved to Central Florida, and my first job was a pharmacy supervisor at one of the larger community hospitals in the Orlando area. So I did that for a little while, then I moved down south, and I worked at a hospital for four years, and then as an assistant director, and then the transition from assistant director to director. So there you know. That's what that's what's up, man. Director of pharmacy. That's big time. Doing big things. I love it. I love it. So out of that um, you know, description of where you came from and how you got to be where you are now, you mentioned like two major themes that I really like. Um, one of which was um, a drive to provide for your family. And then the other one, which was expanding your horizons. Um were you always uh, goal motivated? Or could you possibly say that those are overlying themes that you kind of stuck to and that's what motivated you and led you in the direction that you are now? So I think for me, and it'll be interesting when we interview you guys to see what you say, but growing up, I always remembered mom telling us, hey, you know, as long as you're disciplined and you're responsible, you can do anything. And I definitely was not the smartest kid, but I think when it came to work, working hard and having work ethic, I think that's something that definitely motivated me to make something of me. You know, mom is a nurse, dad's a physician, so we grew up in healthcare. So I think for us, it was more of us being destined to be able to help out somehow because that's what we saw growing up. So I think between, you know, I remember going home after football practice and then after football practice, you know, having to do my homework with mom, mom having to make sure that everything was done right. And then 
eight o'clock, eight fifteen, we get about fifteen thirty minutes to be able to watch some TV. We're in bed by around eight thirty, nine o'clock, and then doing that over and over and over again. So I think just the discipline that you know, our parents instilled in us gave us that drive. And I think when you're growing up and all you see is your parents working hard, mom working overnight shifts, trying to make sure that she provided for us to be able to have the type of life that we had. It's infectious, and that's all you know. So I think that is definitely one thing that ended up driving me is to see how hard they worked for us. And in turn, me wanting to work hard for a future self, not really knowing what that'll be. I mean, now... You know, as I can see now, it's for Lee and Ophelia. But growing up, it was always I'm working hard to get to a certain point. And I didn't know what that point was, but I knew that I wanted to be in a certain environment, in a certain situation at a certain time of my life. So I think that's one of the biggest things that drove me in the past is, you know, I'm trying to be a provider. I want to make sure that I'm able to take care of my future family. I need to make sure that I'm able to set it up so that I can have a good quality life. Because I don't know if about you, but I remember... Friday night, there was always a party. Saturday, there was always a party. And everybody would always say, oh, yeah, you're going to miss this party. You're going to always miss this party. But there's always the next party. There's always the next and greatest thing. But the way that I look at it now, later on, you know, five years from now, those few years of me investing in school and I see the lifestyle that I'm in and I'm thinking of the people who are partying, who are going crazy and I see where they are, the hard work definitely paid off towards the end. So... Those were some of the things that I was looking at myself when it came to what drove me. It's for my future self. Interesting. So, I w- so, so now that you're kind of, it seems like you have the dream job, the perfect job, and kind of you checked off all the boxes on what you plan to accomplish, kind of what's next? What, what else do you have in mind? What else do you have in store? I think for me personally, it's, you work so hard to get to a certain point. Once you get to that point, it's you think about it for a bit because, you know, for me, you know, 24 years of my life, I was working towards becoming a pharmacist. And then once I became a pharmacist at the end of 24, I was like, well, okay, let me do more training through residency. So now I'm 26 and now, now it's like, well, what next? So I think... And I think it's, so do you guys remember the Dave Chappelle show where you had the different phases of Dave, you had Dave Chappelle at the age of 18, Dave Chappelle at the age of 25, and then Dave Chappelle in his 30s. I kind of feel like I'm at the point now where I'm Dave Chappelle in my 30s where, so for, <laughs> so, so for you guys who don't know the skit, so Dave at 18, you know, he's into cars, he's into sneakers, you know, he's, you know, trying to you know, figure out who he is as an individual. Then Dave at like 23, 24, you know, he's in college. He's, you know, learning about himself as an individual. He's, you know, tr- cool into the to the club game and stuff like that. And then Dave, you know, in his 30s, you know, he's, you know, slowed down a little bit. He's established. He's got a family and he's he's thinking about trying to take care of himself. So for me, I would say that I'm probably Dave Chappelle in my 30s right now. And it's more of, you know, what is next? So it's the memories. It's being able to provide for my family. It's being able to make sure that I have a legacy that is able to live on after me. So it's what can I, who can I help? What can I do to enjoy the hard work that... (laughs) I've I've been able to 
by the grace of God, be able to get to. So for me, those are the things that I'm looking towards. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. So it seems like uh, if I were to be able to cap all this together, like the major themes that we're getting from this episode, and I think uh, everybody else who's tuning in, uh, I think you all could relate to this. Um, providing is a major theme, expanding your horizons, you know, pushing the envelope, so to speak, and then delayed gratification. I, I think if you can manage those things and then tie it all together, um, you can be successful in anything, pretty much anything that you put your mind to. So uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Chris? Um, any major themes that you want to touch upon or anything like that? I mean, we definitely hit the nail on the head. It's just as far as the journey and what he accomplished. And I mean, it's definitely, I love the, the um, example of Dave Chappelle, especially you guys have to watch that skit. It fits perfectly. Yeah. 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 I definitely can relate to that. I understand that. Yeah, man. So, Junior, Harry, Patrick, Marcelin, whatever you want to call him, that's that was an awesome interview, and uh, I hope to see more people, you know, with the same passion and energy, uh, giving their story. And hopefully, we can bring more people on this podcast, and uh, hopefully, a lot of people are interested and want to continue to tune in and just to learn. And if not, you know, this is for us. You know, this, we can always go back and listen to these and just see where we are in this point in time in our life. So all in all, I think that this is a win-win-win situation. Any last thoughts? Well, I know I'm going to be looking forward to talking to the both of you guys and to ask some of these similar questions and to see how these answers may be similar and how they're going to be different. But I think it's really cool for these first three episodes. Each of us get to interview each other. It gives the audience an opportunity to be able to get to know us a little bit more so that the audience understands where we're coming from when we do bring on new guests, when we do talk about future episodes and things to come up with. Again, I, I want the world to know who we are. And I, I really think that a lot of what our story is can resonate with a lot of people. So I'm definitely looking forward to interviewing the both of you guys on future episodes. And I'm also looking forward to seeing how we all change as we continue these episodes because you know me at this stage in my life right now 34 going to be turning 35 soon i this is just you know not even a third of my life so i'm very interested just seeing within the next couple of years how that's going to change awesome 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 ditto 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 uh so i don't know if we ever have done this um how do we sign ourselves out chris you want to take the lead <laughs> no, I never even actually thought about that. I mean, <laughs> the only thing I could think of is ACM signing out, but that what? we can do better than that. We can do we better can... than that. All right, cool, cool, cool. So I'm Marvin. You are? I'm Alan. And then we got the last but not the least. <laughs> Hello, my name is Harry. We're signing out. This is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast. Let's keep it going, baby. All right, so I got to press this stop recording button right here, right? Is that how it works?